You're listening to teaching from Castle Hills Christian Church in San Antonio, Texas. More information about Castle Hills Christian Church is available at chccsa.com. I want to thank everyone for joining us today, whether you're watching from around San Antonio or maybe you're on vacation watching from a nice relaxing place, or this is your first time joining us. I want to say welcome to the family. Uh, if you ever have anything that you need, feel free to reach out to me. I care about you. Our staff cares about you. And have you ever felt overwhelmed, had sensory overload in your life? Maybe you went to fiesta or a concert or a sporting event and there was just way too many people or it was loud or it was just very bright. I know for me, when any time I went to Las Vegas, I've had sensory overload. I mean, there's just tons of bright lights, tons of people, tons of loud noises. I mean, you, you name it, you see it. It's just one of those things that's just very overwhelming. It is quite the experience. And anytime that I've went, I've kind of had to take a deep breath like, wow, this is a little much for me. It's one of those places that just overloads my senses. It's, a, it's quite the experience. Well, today we're starting a new series called Love Illuminated, and it's on 1 John. We're going to spend the next several weeks on that. And today we're talking about experiencing God, experiencing Jesus in our life. Now, just a few little details about 1 John is it actually seems more like a sermon than a letter. We don't see a nice little intro or conclusion. It was written between 90 to 95 A.D., the author doesn't identify himself, but we believe that it was John the Apostle, the disciple that Jesus loved, and we think that he's up in age by this point in time. Well, we also believe it's a time of confusion and compromise, and that, they were, that John was concerned with the false doctrine of Gnosticism, and, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. Well, we see the theme is authentic fellowship with God and his people, and so you notice that word fellowship, we'll see it in our text today. We see that John writes as a beloved spiritual leader that he truly cares about his audience. So 1 John chapter 1, starting at verse 1, it says, We proclaim to you the one who existed from the beginning, whom we have heard and seen. We saw him with our own eyes and touched him with our own hands. He is the word of life, the one whose life itself was revealed to us. And we have seen him. And now we testify and proclaim to you that he is the one who is eternal life. He was with the Father, and then, then he was revealed to us. We proclaim that we ourselves have actually seen and heard so that you may have fellowship, there's our word fellowship, with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that you may fully share our joy. And then verse 5, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you that God is light. There is no darkness in him at all. And John is making it very clear, this is not something that he heard. He did not just hear that Jesus came to this earth. No, he fully experienced Jesus being the Messiah and coming here. He's basically saying, we saw this. It's true. Trust us. We know that Jesus was alive on this earth. And look at the verbs. Heard, seen, observed, touched. 
I mean, there's no chance that it was imagined that Jesus was on this earth. No, he fully experienced Jesus. And I think John is refuting the false teaching of the Gnostics here. And they, they, they believe that knowledge is greater than love and that flesh was evil. And kind of in a nutshell, and they didn't believe that, that God would, was fully man. And so there was no way that Jesus could have come to this earth because, again, flesh was evil. And so John was like, no, God came to this earth. Jesus came to this earth. He was fully human. And we see that, that John reveals Jesus's identity. He calls him the word of life, which reminds us of John in the Gospel of John, John chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, the word already existed. And the word was with God and the word was God and he existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. We see in the beginning that Jesus was there at the beginning of the creation, but he was also here on this earth that he had an earthly ministry. And John not only describes Jesus as the word of life, but look at verse five, we see this. It says, this is the message we heard from Jesus and now declare to you, God is light and there is no darkness in him at all. John affirms the idea that God is light. And we find this idea also in the Old Testament. If you look in Exodus chapter three, Moses experienced God in a fire. Remember the burning bush. We look at Exodus chapter 13, verse 21. God led his people through the wilderness with a pillar of fire. Numbers chapter 8, in the, when the tabernacle was built, God's presence signified or was signaled with fire with, with the golden lampstands. And, and John was convinced, or was convinced that God was completely light. And light illuminates reality. It reveals what's hidden. When darkness and light appear in the same room, light always wins. And we see this, this is so amazing about God that he is our light and he illuminates everything that's going on. He brings in to, or he brings uh, us into his presence. He shows us truth. He shows us grace. He shows us compassion. He shows us love. And so the question I have for you is, are you experiencing the light? Are you experiencing God well, what does, it, what does it mean to experience God? Sometimes we think, oh, it's this warm, fuzzy feeling that we feel sometimes when we're in a worship service or when we sing a worship song. But what if it's maybe more than that? What if it's not just some kind of feeling? Well, what if experiencing God is simply being in his presence, just being aware of his presence, just like being in the, in the presence of a friend, your spouse, a family member. It's fellowshipping with God. It's living life with God and being intentional about it. I mean, here's the thing. God never leaves. He's always there. The problem is often we miss him and we miss him because we get distracted. We're focused on other things. We're worried about other things. We, are, we get so busy on, uh, with other things that sometimes we don't experience God because of our own choices. Our theme for this year is focus. And we've been encouraging you to focus on what's most important in life and not to get distracted with the other things in life. 
And one of the things that I think that keeps us from experiencing God, experiencing the light, experiencing God's love in our life is that we are so busy and distracted. We just keep on running constantly. We're running from here to there and we miss out on God. Corey Ten Boone said, if the devil can't make you sin, he'll make you busy. Isn't that true? If he can't make you sin, he'll keep you busy. So you keep your eyes off of God. He'll keep you, he'll keep you busy so you don't experience God. Dallas Willard said, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. When we're in a hurry, when we're busy, we miss out on hearing the voice of God. John Mark Comer said, the number one threat to people's spiritual life is simply a lack of time. People are just too busy to live emotionally healthy, spiritually rich, vibrant lives. And so we're so busy that we miss out on, on experiencing God. Now, how do we spell, how would you spell love? Some of you say, well, duh, L-O-V-E. But you know how I'd spell love? I'd spell it T-I-M-E, time. If we really want to experience God, if we really want to experience his love, if we really want love to be illuminated in our lives and in the life of others, it, it takes time. Love is time consuming. Love is patient. Love takes time. And there's a reason why people talk about walking with God and not running with God. It, it takes time. Did you catch what I just said here? Let me, let me go back and, and say this again. There's a reason that people talk about walking with God and not running with God. So many times that when we're running, we're trying to keep a fast pace. But with God, it's a slow pace. It's experiencing him. It's listening to him. It's taking time for him. And so one of the ways for us to experience God is that we need to slow down and we need to take time for solitude, time for silence, time to unplug. And one of the things that we see in Jesus's life, he had a regular rhythm of this, is that he would unplug and he would go to the wilderness and he would go and pray and he would unplug. And that's something that our culture doesn't often do, something that sometimes is a challenge for me to do in my own life, but it's something that I'm adding as a regular spiritual practice or discipline in my life and something that I'm encouraging you to do is to take time to be quiet, to unplug. Maybe it's go, going and sitting on your patio or you have a favorite chair or it's somewhere that you can unplug and just listen for God's voice. Maybe it's a time that you journal. Maybe it's a time that you worship. But if we want to experience God, if we really want to experience him fully, then I think that we are going to have to make it a priority to slow down and to have times of solitude, making that a regular rhythm in our life. And so I want to challenge you this week. Take some time for solitude and turn off the outside noise, but also unpack the internal noise. I don't know about you, but it, sometimes it's easy for me to turn off the external noise. But the internal noise, the things going on in my mind, I need to unpack those and I need to let those go. And, and then I can really begin to experience God. And so I want to challenge you, experience God this week by spending some time with him in solitude.